everybody. Welcome back to the Microfamous Podcast. I love this topic we're going to cover, which is how to build a podcast that creates ideal clients. Uh, this is something that uh, that I've thought a lot about. I've observed and experimented a ton with over, you know, let's say five years uh, of launching podcasts. I started back in 2015 working with various thought leaders and coaches and consultants and speaker author types. And one of the most fun things when we bring on a client, I love this part. I love, I love the battleground of ideas. I love mapping out people's you know, belief system and their point of view. And it's one of my favorite parts of working with a new client, but it's not, I don't do it, you know, just for the fun of it. Um, I do it because the process of really going through somebody's beliefs and values and opinions, um, is the process that ends up leading you to a clear and compelling idea. And I want to talk a little bit today about why that's so important and how a podcast, when it's structured properly, actually creates ideal clients over time and, and where the clear and compelling idea fits into that essentially recipe for turning a podcast into an incubator, right? An incubator that spits out ideal clients. So to me, when I think about what a podcast is for a thought leader, I don't think of it in terms of just a way to stay visible. Um, in fact, I think visibility is the absolute lowest hanging fruit of marketing uh, to begin with. I could do a whole episode uh, just on that, uh, so I don't want to get too off track. But look, just making yourself more visible is not that hard. Um, hiring an agency to make you visible, not that hard. It's the lowest hanging fruit of marketing. The question is, when you get visible, do people remember you? Do they start to recognize you? And eventually, do you become known? And if it doesn't fulfill that purpose, then it ends up just kind of burning itself out and people might kind of vaguely, re, you know, recall your face or your brand or whatever. But if they don't know what you stand for, you're not really going to strongly attract the right people. And so it just, it, it, it ends up, you know, being a situation where you spin a lot of wheels, right? You end up, um, you know, you're constantly posting and you're kind of on this hamster wheel of social media and you're not really seeing that translate into ideal clients. Uh, another side effect of that is you end up having people come to you that go, hey, like I see you doing this stuff and like, hey, can you do this for me? And then the next person that comes along says like, hey, can you do X for me? And well, what about this? What about that? And uh, you end up getting asked for a lot of different types of things. All that is a symptom that you may not have a clear and compelling idea and you're not driving that home in your marketing over and over and over again. And so when you think, when, you know, like when I think about a podcast, I think about a, a vehicle that delivers one idea over and over and over and over again to the market and finds a thousand different ways to say that same thing over and over and over again. Now, why is that? Well, because the clear and compelling idea for your business and for your podcast is the thing that attracts attention, changes beliefs, and compels action, right? That is the idea. The whole point of a clear and compelling idea is it's the single idea that's going to grab attention, change someone's beliefs, and get them to take action. Gets, get, gets them off the couch, essentially, and gets them taking action. Uh, typically, like getting into your world or maybe even signing up as a client. That's the action that you want them to take. So anyway, getting back to the, this clear and compelling idea... You know, I think every expert has one. You know, if you're working with clients, if you know how to get people results, look, you do have a clear and compelling idea. It is somewhere. Now, we may have to peel away some of the layers of the onion to kind of get down to the core of it, but it is there. 
And it, it, what it does is it, it grabs attention because it's different, it's unique, it's polarizing, it's interesting. It stirs up emotion, right? Because it creates reaction. It, it, it attacks people's, you know, misperceptions and attacks maybe a myth in the market or something like that. You know, it goes after people's belief system. It changes beliefs. And then it compels action because they can't unhear what you've just told them, right? When a clear and compelling idea comes across the right sort of people, they can't unhear it right? They cannot unhear it. It changes something in them and it, uh, it compels action. So the more that your podcast attracts ideal clients to you, the more people that are primed and ready to be ideal clients. That's the first kind of thing that, that a podcast, when it's built right, should do for you, right? If a podcast is putting a clear and compelling idea into the world, it's going to gravitate to the people that are already primed to agree with that. And that's great. And that's amazing. Um, that's the first element of, of like how a podcast pulls in the right people is it attracts the people that are already primed to be ideal by giving them the show that they've been craving and haven't been able to find. Right. So the idea is that, you know, a podcast that delivers one single clear and compelling idea to the market over and over and over again is going to attract the attention of the right kind of people who are already primed to agree with you on that anyway. You know, so you think about, you know, back in the day uh, when uh, Mark Binioff was building Salesforce and his clear and compelling idea was that your CRM should be in the cloud, right? If your CRM isn't in the cloud, you are behind the times. Like why, why go with a big company like SAP that's going to build you all these servers and you got to have a server farm in the basement of your, your, uh, your big company. Uh, and he's like, look, your CRM should be in the cloud. There's no, you know, we can take care of all the security issues and all that stuff. But the bottom line is if you don't have a CRM that's software in the cloud, you are behind the times, you're going to fall behind to companies that are going in that direction. That was his big idea. And once those companies heard that, they could not unhear that, right? Now you had to deal with, with the implications of that. And some decided to sign up with Salesforce and some didn't, but that was a, it was like a wedge, right? It attracted some people, it repelled a lot of other people, but the bottom line is it ended up being the foundation for what is now a huge successful company was that one single idea is that your CRM should be in the cloud. So that's the kind of thing I'm talking about is that when, when we are thought leaders and we are podcasting, we don't want to do it just for visibility. We want to do it to drive home our clear and compelling idea to the right people because the very first thing that's going to do is attract the people that go, you know, you're right. I absolutely need to be doing that, right? It, it attracts the people that are already primed and ready. Okay. And it gives them in, in, in the world of podcasting, at least it's going to give them a show that they've been looking for and haven't been able to find right? It gives them a show they've been looking for, craving, like watching out for, and just haven't found, right? If you're delivering an idea whose time has come, an idea that people are primed and ready to agree with you, well, it's going to find the right people. And when they, when they hear it, they're going to go, oh my God, this is the show I've been looking for. Like, where has this been all my life, right? Um, so let's move on to number two. Um, a podcast, when it's correctly, you know, strategically structured and it's delivering the right idea to the market. The second thing it's going to do is it's going to attract people that are just a couple of gaps away from being ideal clients, right? Whether it's maybe they think it's not quite a big deal and so they agree with you, but they think they'll get around to it in a year or two of doing, you know, what you're selling. Uh, whether it's people that 
Uh, they just have a couple of misconceptions that are standing in their way. And if they only, you know, kind of agreed with you on those couple of topics, all of a sudden they'd be ready to go and they'd be ideal clients. Um, there's a lot of like types of gaps that, that keep people from being an ideal client. But the, the second thing that a podcast does when it's delivering the right clear and compelling idea over and over and over again, is this going to hit those people that are a couple of gaps away? right? It's going to get their attention. They may not quite be ready to sign up. They may not be ideal clients today, but they have the potential to be. And your podcast can come in and, and help fill those, just those couple of gaps that are keeping them from being an ideal client. So that's the second thing. Um, the more content that you put out that's aimed at getting those people that are just a couple of gaps away and help move them into the very center of the bullseye of what an ideal client is for you, the more successful your podcast will be at generating sales. So let me say that again. The more that you use your podcast to hit at those, just those one to two gaps that people are dealing with that are keeping them from being an ideal client, the more that your podcast hits at those specific things, the better your podcast will be at generating sales, right? Because it helps move people from a little bit outside the bullseye right into the center of that bullseye of being an ideal client. So that's number two. It attracts people that are one to two gaps away. Now, number three thing that a podcast does when it is strategically constructed and it's delivering the right idea to the market is it delivers content that changes beliefs over time, right? It converts a chunk of that listening audience to your belief system and it moves them closer to that bullseye, right? Now, you can take the people that are one to two gaps away and do that, but you can also think about, you know, there's a whole kind of outer edge of that bullseye of, of that target where there's a lot of people that they might listen to your podcast and they might not be ideal clients for another couple of years. Um, and if they hadn't run across your content, they might have never been ideal clients for you. But if they do run across your content, if they do listen to your podcast over time, it should move them closer and closer and closer to the center of the bullseye, closer and closer to being an ideal client. And the way that you do that is by the content that you put out. So this is why you want to get strategic on the things that you're talking about on your show, because it's not just about being visible, right? It's not just about uh, being out there, getting our name, getting our brand out there. It's about delivering content that changes minds. It changes hearts. It changes beliefs, right? Because the more beliefs that they share with you, the closer they are to being one of your ideal clients. Uh, one of the things that we work with, uh, with clients behind the scenes is we help narrow down, you know, out of all the things that you believe about the world and you believe about your service and why you do what you do, you know, let's get those all down on paper, but then we help refine and really identify what are those handful? What are those five key beliefs that I would call buying beliefs where you need someone to agree with you on those handful of beliefs in order for them to be ideal clients, right? What are those five things that people absolutely need to believe and agree with you on in order for them to really move forward with your service and get results? Not just sign the check, but actually move forward, take action and get results. If you can identify what those handful of beliefs are, you can hit them over and over and over and over again. You can tell different stories. You can feature different clients to come on and talk about those things. Uh, you can share stories from your own background. You know, you can uh, do episodes where you kind of lead people through and prove why you believe what you believe. You can share the evidence, um, the stats, the data, whatever it is that's kind of helped you form those beliefs. Um, and you can deliver the type of content that when somebody listens to it, they come out of that episode going, you know, 
I wouldn't have said that otherwise. I wouldn't have agreed with that. But now once I've heard Matt share on that, now I agree. Now I, now I think he's right. I think I've changed my belief on that. I've changed my mind on that. The more that we can do that, the more we can move people from that very outer edge of just kind of being in our world, but not really agreeing with us on a lot of things to all the way closer to that center of the bullseye where they agree with us on all of our key buying beliefs. And at that point, they are ready, right, to be ideal clients for us. It's just a matter of timing and getting them kind of onto that next step. So to me, that's the goal of the podcast. You take a clear and compelling idea that is polarizing, that is positive, that attracts attention, that stirs up emotion, it compels people to take action. You take that powerful of an idea and you use a podcast to drive that idea home to the market over and over and over again. And you find a thousand different ways to, to reinforce that same clear and compelling idea over and over and over again. You also use content over the course of time where you hit on those handful of key beliefs that lead up to your clear and compelling idea, right? Those other things that if, if they agree with you on those things, they're more likely to agree with your clear and compelling idea. What are those handful of beliefs? Like hit those over and over and over again in your content. So that over time, people go from either ideal clients and they take action and they sign up, or they go from being a few gaps away and they move closer to being an ideal client and ready to sign up. Or they go from just being a casual listener or someone that maybe followed you on social media and they become a raving fan and they get closer to being an ideal client that way over the course of time of listening to your podcast. So when I think of a podcast, when it's rightly done, for a thought leader, it literally can become an incubator for ideal clients, right? It becomes this kind of funnel, essentially, where in at the top comes people that just casually see you and, and kind of come into your world and, and they subscribe to your podcast. And the longer they get, the further they work themselves down the funnel till out the other side pops an ideal client. That's the visual that I use when I think about an ideal, uh, you know, like a, the ideal podcast for a thought leader. It's a funnel that in the top goes casual fans and followers and out the bottom comes ideal clients. But in order to make that happen, all the way through that funnel, all the way through the process of them listening to your podcast over the course of 6, 12, 18 months, uh, the right content has to be shared. It doesn't come automatically. It doesn't come just by interviewing a whole bunch of different people with unfocused conversations about all kinds of different things. It comes from getting really, really clear on those handful of key beliefs that you want to reinforce over and over again and finding a thousand ways to say and deliver your clear and compelling idea to the market over and over and over again, right? Finding a thousand different ways to say the same thing rather than always coming up with new types of things to say. And, uh, and that's one of the skills of just being a thought leader and turning your podcast into an incubator for ideal clients is that right there, finding a thousand ways to say the same thing rather than always thinking of new things to say, new concepts, new ideas to share, right? You're finding new ways to talk about the same few handful of, of key beliefs. Okay. So I'm going to give you some examples of podcasts that I've noticed that are actually fairly good at this and they know what their clear and compelling idea is. Uh, they deliver it over and over and over again. Okay, they have different formats, so I'll get into that in a second. Um, but they're just really good examples of people that have used their podcast to create demand really effectively and they've moved people closer and closer to that center to where they're ready to buy something. So the first example I have is Entrepreneur on Fire. Now, uh, John Lee Dumas's audience, uh, he's very public about who the audience is, so we know exactly who he's going for. His avatar is the person who's you know commuting on their way to a 95 job and unhappy and wants to make a change and has been looking at uh, side hustle or starting their own thing 
and uh, and they need that extra push, right? So he is featuring people that have all made that leap, right? They've all taken that step of starting their own thing and kind of helping to build up people's confidence so that they have the confidence to step out, try that thing, start that side hustle, start that business, leave that corporate job. That's what he's trying to do. And so every single interview, every single episode fulfills that purpose of inspiring people to take that next step, right? That's why the interviews work so well for him because the interviews themselves reinforce the clear and compelling idea, which is take the step into entrepreneurship, start that thing, right? Start that thing, start that thing, start that thing. That's essentially the message. It's a very similar message of Nike, which is just do it. Uh, I would say that's kind of the same message of Entrepreneur on Fire. It's like, hey, just do it. And here's a whole bunch of success stories of people who did that. And here's how they did it. So get inspired and get into action. That's what I would say. That's kind of my, my perspective on Entrepreneur on Fire and why it works is that every one of those conversations, they're not just, they're not just random um, in the sense that he's just talking to a lot of people and building up a, a network. It's the fact that every single one of those conversations hits on his clear and compelling idea. That's why that show works, right? And it speaks really deeply to his avatar. So that's number one. Number two, let's talk about Tim Ferriss. Um, In-depth conversations with the top performers in every field. So Tim Ferriss doesn't uh, limit himself to any sort of industry or niche. It's all about top performers, right? And, and increasing human potential, increasing performance, and learning from people in a lot of different fields so you can take it into your field. And for the right people, the people that were into biohacking and optimization and growth hacking uh, in the business side, like that was a show whose time had come, right? It was the, exactly the right show for that group of people. They were starting to use data and analytics to find the best ways to do things. And he was finding people in, that were the top human performers in a whole bunch of different fields and then bringing them to the show to share the behind the scenes hacks and tactics and really, really interesting off the wall things that they were doing to increase their level of performance. Okay, so then when, when Tim comes out with, let's say, a high-level event or he comes out with his next book, again, it's around that same topic of increasing the level of performance and reaching human potential, right? So every conversation, again, revolves around the same idea, and it hits on that same idea over and over again. Then when Tim Ferriss does a solo episode, again, it's mostly about reinforcing that same thing, right? Increasing performance and increasing and optimizing your potential. So it all revolves around the same idea, and then it feeds into the products that he sells, which also revolve around that same general idea. And it was an idea whose time had come because of the developments outside and just in the wider world right? So he tapped into something that was growing and he gave a group of people exactly the show that they would fall in love with. And guess what? It was wildly successful. Okay. So that's number two. Now let's talk about number three, the daily stoic. So the idea of that podcast, which is hosted by Ryan holiday is that it's life lessons inspired by the thoughts and writings of great stoic thinkers. In stoicism, again, uh, he was tapping into something, um, in the world at large, it was, uh, you know, people, especially in Silicon Valley, that were getting burned out on the traditional roller coaster ride of success, and they were looking for something different. There was kind of a little miniature spiritual awakening, and people started to pay attention to alternative uh, philosophies like Stoicism. And so uh, he was part of that movement. You know, he came up in that movement. All, a lot of his friends were interested in that. Tim Ferriss was another one that was interested in that. He's talked a lot about Stoicism on the show, but it was a whole exploding category in its own right. Now that's a whole other conversation, but essentially he tapped into something that was going on in the zeitgeist, the spirit of the times. So he capitalizes on that 
He comes up with a show called The Daily Stoic, really successful. Uh, Lay is part of the foundation and nurtures his email list, which is now over, over 100,000, probably way beyond that now. But point being, it was a show that for the right people that wanted to know about stoicism and maybe weren't big readers or they wanted a different way to consume that content, it was the perfect show for them. It was a show that you could fall in love with if you were interested in stoicism. Uh, even if it was just a casual interest, you could get a, you could kind of put your toe in the water and see if it was right for you. Uh, for the people that were enthusiastic about it, it gave them something that they could consume every single day, right? So uh, it was easy to kind of dip your toe into the water and see if it was something that you were interested in because they were relatively short episodes. But if you were an enthusiast, it gave you enough that you could get into it and listen to it every single day. So again, brilliant, but all around the same idea, life lessons inspired by the thoughts and writings of the Stoics. Now, that's going to strongly attract people that are interested or love stoicism. Uh, everybody else is going to be wildly uninterested or not care or be actively turned off, right? You know, Ryan Holiday could have started a general self-improvement podcast, right? He could have called it Ryan Holiday's Guide to Success, right? And everybody would have went, okay, who cares? So what he did was he started one that was about stoicism and used stoicism as the jumping off point for a self-development podcast, right? But it was based around that theme. And guess what? Most of his books that have come out lately, you know, The, uh, the Obstacle is the Way, Ego is the Enemy, uh, The Daily Stoic, um, you know, the book the, uh, of meditations for every day. Uh, it's all based around that same idea. So guess what? that podcast audience is primed to buy those books, right? Because those books are all piggybacking off of the same core idea, the clear and compelling idea, the Daily Stoic. So anyway, those are, those are my three examples of podcasts that are really doing it right. And there's a whole bunch of smaller ones out there that you probably haven't heard of that are delivering a much more focused idea to a much smaller audience. But those are good examples of ones that have done it and built an audience of millions and they get millions of downloads. And, and a lot of people have heard of the people behind those podcasts, even if you don't know of the specific names of the shows. But I think those are really good examples. They all revolve around a clear and compelling idea. They all are selling products that piggyback off that clear and compelling idea so that the podcast audience is primed to buy. It incubates ideal buyers for them, right? If you listen to Tim Ferriss's podcast, you're not surprised by his next book. The book makes sense because it's all within the same perspective and it's all revolving around the same clear and compelling idea. So anyway, that's, uh, those are some examples I just wanted to, to get those across. But a podcast can be so much more than just a visibility tool right? It can be so much more just a, than just a way to show that you're an expert or that you're credible or that you have authority. It really can be an incubator that in the top comes casual fans and followers and out the bottom comes ideal clients. That's the, the best and highest use of a podcast for a thought leader. So if you're a coach, if you're a consultant, if you're a speaker, author, if you're thinking about you know, starting a podcast or if you have a podcast and you don't feel like it's doing that for you, I promise you it can. It's a matter of you know, kind of uncovering your clear and compelling idea, mapping out your point of view, right? Your beliefs, your values, your opinions, identifying that handful of key beliefs that you need to re reinforcing over and over and over again to your audience. And then it's a matter of finding just a thousand ways to reinforce those same things over and over again right? Finding the same, you know, a thousand different ways to say the same thing rather than finding new things to say. So that's what I've got for you today. A podcast can and should be an incubator for ideal clients. I really appreciate you watching. Thank you so much. Thanks to everyone that subscribes and shares and rates the show on Apple Podcasts, uh, follows it on Spotify um, and all that fun stuff. I really appreciate it. And we'll see you on the next episode.